are going to turn it over to a powerful, mighty uh, woman of God on tonight, Dr. Edith Davis. Well, hello, my beautiful sisters. And if there's a man there, handsome gentleman. Okay, I just want to thank you um, for giving me this opportunity um, to give this word. Um, I want to kind of set things up a little bit before I get into it. I think it was in the 1980s um, when God gave me this download on um, tithe and offerings and and God just kept pouring into me and I was, happened to be in Los Angeles and I was raised Roman Catholic so I didn't know much about Protestant faith but I knew some fundamental things and I was actually in Los Angeles in the kitchen of um, a first cousin and there was an elder there I was sitting at the kitchen table talking about the revelation that God had given me about tithes and offerings. And the anointing was so heavy on it that the elder asked me if I would do this teaching um, at their church. Come to find out it was Andre Crouch's church. At that time, I didn't know who Andre Crouch was because I was Roman, raised Roman Catholic, so... But I met Andre Crouch Sr. just before he went on to be with the Lord. And it was a Tuesday. They had their Bible study on Tuesday nights, and I was in the courtyard. And and the elder, um, Andre Crouch um, Sr., he looked at me, and he said, you know, he told me how he had saw his wife. His wife had passed. And so I knew he was, didn't have much longer to be with us. And he said, yes, I want you to do the tithe and offering. So... I knew a little bit about the, and you know, Protestant faith, and so I was sitting, I was thinking that they were going to call me up when it was time to take the tithe and offering, and then I was going to stand there and talk a little bit, and you know, so I was sitting way in the back with my cousin, and next thing you know, these two um, husky men with white collars um, came off the stage, walked down towards me, and took me up and put me in the pulpit. Boy, was I surprised. But anyway, I gave the word that God had given me. And when it was over, Andre Crouch, his twin sister was there. It was somebody from New Zealand somewhere doing singing. They had just done a big alteration of the church, and so it was it was packed out. And um, But they said it was the largest outpouring of time and offerings in the history of the church. And I didn't talk very long. It wasn't a very long sermon but it was anointed and it did the job so when um pastor z dr z came to me and and asked me to do this teaching i wanted something fresh i wanted something new i wanted something revelatory because this is going to be critical in the upcoming times for christians and what do i mean by that is that you're going to have to, after this talk, after this teaching, you're going to have to evaluate yourself. And you're going to have to ask yourself this question, and you're going to have to be honest with this answer. And the question is this. Are you a one-talent Christian? Are you a two-talent Christian? Are you a five-talent Christian? I told God, I want to be a five-talent Christian. We know the story, the parable. The one-talent Christian did not do well. The two-talent Christian is a developmental, somebody who, who has received the word, it is applying the word of God in their life, and they are actually bearing some fruit. And then the five-talent Christian is the mature the, 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 the mature Christian, the, church, church, the mature Christian that is walking in the Word of God, applying the Word of God in their lives. And they are extremely fruitful. If you recall, God took the talent from the one-talent Christian and gave it to the, not the two-talent Christian, but the five-talent Christian. And a lot of you say, oh, that's so unfair. I should have given it to the two. No, God is a God of profits. He expects a return on his investment. Okay, so I want to go ahead and, and start beginning um, the teaching now because this is critical 
that we understand some fundamental things about tithes and offerings. Okay. I want to start this, this teaching off with the genesis. But before I start, let me pray. Daddy God, you are you hey by hey, Lord God Christ Jesus, Lord God Holy Spirit. I want you, Lord, to speak to these people through me, Lord. Lord, I empty myself out in the name of Jesus. I empty my soul out. No hidden agendas. Nothing, Lord. I just want you to reach these people, your children, Lord. And may this word penetrate their souls, penetrate their spirits, and bear much, much, much fruit through the might of our Father Yahweh, through the power of the Lord God Holy Spirit, and through the precious blood and the mighty name of Yahshua HaMashiach, Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit, I was about to start with Genesis, which is where we're going to kick it off, but the Holy Spirit said, he just told me, he said, tell them this. I was in Houston, Texas. I think I was on Highway 45. I was just, I was, it was in the 1980s, I believe it was, yes. And I was asking God, where was his power? I looked at, there was a church on every corner. But it didn't appear that, that the Christian's life was no different than the heathen's life. There was no, I mean, Christian marriages were in trouble. Christian children were in trouble. Christian finances were in trouble. And, and I was asking God, where is your power? And that's when God took me on his, he started this journey. Um, and he started showing and explaining to me his power and authority. And it's going to have a, we're going to go circle back to the talent question at the end, okay? But I want to kick it off. Most people start off with Malachi. No, uh-uh. No, we're not doing that. We're going to do it a different way. We're going to do it a fresh way. We're going to start off in Genesis. Genesis, Dr. Davis? What's that got to do with tithes and offerings? Everything. The Genesis of tithes and offerings. Then God, let's see, then God said, let the land bring forth living creatures according to their species, livestock, crawling creatures, wild animals according to their species, and it happened. So God made the wild animals according to their species, the livestock according to their species, and everything that crawled on the ground, each according to its species, and God saw that it was good. Then he said, let us make man in our image. Oh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. We are made in the image of God. What does that mean to be made in the image of God? That means we are like God. Hmm. Think about this in a minute. After our likeness, let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the flying creatures, over the sky, over the livestock, over the whole earth and over every crawling creature that crawls on the land. God created humankind in his image, in the image of God. He created him, male and female. He created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the land and conquer it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the flying creatures of the sky and over every animal that crawls on the land. Then God said, I have just given you every green plant yielding seed that is on the surface of the whole land. And every tree, mm -mm, he gave us every tree, which has the fruit of tree yielding seeds. There are to be food for you. Also, for every wild animal, every flying creature, of the sky and every creature that crawls on the land which has life. Every green plant is to be food and it happens so. So God saw everything that he made and behold it was very good. Genesis chapter 1 verse 24 through 29. 
Genesis chapter 2, verse 5. Then Adonai, Elohim, took the man and gave him rest in the garden in order to cultivate and watch over it. Then Adonai, Elohim, commanded man, saying, From all the trees of the garden you are most welcome to eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you must not eat. For when you eat from it, you most surely will die. Then Adonai Elohim said, It is not good for man to be alone. Let me make a well-matched helper for him. Adonai Elohim had formed from the ground every animal of the field and every flying creature of the sky. So he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called them, each living creature that was the livestock and the live flying creatures of the sky and to all animals of the field. But for the man, he did not find a well-matched helper. For him, Adonai Elohim caused a deep sleep to fall on the man, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in the place, and Adonai Elohim built the rib which he had made from the man into a womb man. Then he brought her to the man, and the man said, This one at last is bone of my bones and flesh from my flesh. This one is called womb man, for the man was taken was taken this one okay so we see a lot of important things happening here and a lot of people misconstrued that tithing did not happen and offerings did not happen until mosaic times with Moses that's incorrect as a matter of fact some people try to say well, it really, yeah, it did start back back to Abraham, right? When Abraham defeated the seven kings, I think it was, and he took all the spoils and he went to um, Salem, which was um, the ancient city that later was named Jerusalem, which means peace. And the um, the king and high priest Melchizedek came down and gave tithe, uh, the Abraham gave tithe to him, tenth of everything, and uh, Melchizedek gave him bread and wine, which was the foreshadowing of Holy Communion. People don't know that there was another king that tried to meet Abraham and also, and he wanted all the people. He said, you can keep all the gold and silver. Give me the people. But Abraham ignored him and gave his tribute to the high priest Melchizedek. A lot of people don't realize that. So, but no, it, it goes back further than that. Oh, yes, it goes back further than Abraham. We were made in God's image. We are like him. We're just a little bit below God. Okay? The only difference from us is that we are not sovereign. We have the same authority and power on earth as it is in heaven. If we will line up under the head, which is our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus, the creator of all things, the word, right? The word of God. And so let's go back even further. Let's go back. Let's go back further in time. Let's go back to. Hey, the Adam, Cain and Abel. What? Okay, so Cain and Abel. Let's see what happened there. They were taught by their father, Adam, how to give sacrifice, tithing, in other words, offerings to God. Abel followed the mandate that it must be first. God has to be what? First. He must be what? First. So Abel obeyed and the first suckling lamb from the sheep, he sacrificed and gave the fat 
and burnt it on and God was well pleased. But later, later came gave an offering. Notice it was not first. If you look closely, closely in the Bible, you will see that Cain's was not first. He was not of the. He didn't have sheep. He had the land. So what he did not give first fruit, which is a mandate. But no, 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 no. Let's go all the way back. Let's go all the way back. Let's go all the way back to the garden. And guess what? Let's go all the way back when it was just Adam. Not female Adam, which was later called Eve. It was just Adam and God. Right? And God... Um, gave him everything. God um, gave him authority to name the animals. So he gave him authority. He gave him dominion. He gave him a job. Right? And he gave him the tree to eat from. And and later after that he gave him woman. Right? As his help meet, as his help mate. The interesting thing that happened there in the garden was Adam was told that there were there were two trees in the middle of the garden. There was the tree of life and there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But God only said, Don't eat of don't eat. He didn't say not touch. Because they would have to harvest that. You, did you know that? They actually had to touch because they actually harvested that fruit to give as first fruit to God. But they, but God commanded him not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The one tree, the one tree, that is the tithe. God is first. That is the tithe, right? So, what happened? Eve came on the scene. Female Adam came on the scene. Now, interesting. Remember, God had told them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish, and subdue the earth. Why do you have to subdue an earth? It's, it's, why? What's going on? There's something there that is against God. That's why we were given the authority to subdue. And that entity was and is Lucifer, Satan. He creeps into the garden. First of all, Adam was, was, was supposed to protect the garden. He was supposed to protect the woman. And he permitted the serpent. The serpent agreed to let Satan enter his body. He permitted the serpent to talk to, to Eve, or later her, she was called Eve, but she was female Adam then. He was there listening to the serpent, seducing his woman. And... Of course, Lucifer is one of the smartest. He was one of the archangels, very smart, very bright. And he basically, I think, uh, used witchcraft. He, he used words. And he basically twisted, twisted God's words and said, God didn't say touch. God never said nothing about touch. They had to harvest the fruit. For first fruit for God. So he said, so when, when um, female Adam, later called Eve, touched the tree, touched the fruit, nothing happened to her. Right? And guess what? She ate of it, which was what? Forbidden. Now, if Adam had been like Job, Job said the right thing. He knew his wife was in mourning. Everybody want to give female, well, Job's wife a bad rap. It was, she lost her children too. It was her children that died also. It was their wealth that, that was wiped away. She just wasn't as strong. She wasn't as strong as Job was. So when she told Job to curse God and die, Job said, foolish woman. Foolish woman. Ooh, you know, and that's what saved them in the end. And they ended up having some more beautiful children. But that's another story. But once again, 
Once again, if Adam had said that to female Adam, to Eve, we all have a different story today. We would not have sickness and disease. We would not have lack and poverty. We would not be jacked up and fighting off the enemy in our flesh, right? So, so this tree represents time. But let's go even further back. And God made man in his image, in his image, in his image. What means what? God is a tither. He's like any great parent. He, he actually has his children practice what he preaches. He practices it. He, he is a tither. Let me show you how. I know this. First of all, he had the first fruit principle. He has something always. God always has something that he wants us to not touch, to not do. He wants us to choose to obey him. That's why he gives us free will, right? So when Eve, and this is where Adam messed up with everybody, because who did God give the word to? He could have corrected Satan then when he said touch. He knew that God didn't say touch. Adam knew that God said don't eat. And guess what? He ate too. That's when we went down. Not when the female Adam ate, but when the male Adam, the head, the first Adam ate. So what happened? There's a sacrifice. God did the first animal sacrifice. Where do you think those bloody skins came from when he called them out of the garden with the fig leaves sewed around them? Now they're in guilt and shame and condemnation. Now sin and death, sickness and disease, lack of poverty has come upon mankind. And they had to be banished from the garden. Why? Because the tree of life representing Christ Jesus was in the middle of the garden. It said eight of that tree then, they would have been for an eternal sin. The, the flesh had to die. So they were banished from, and so God had taught Adam how to give the blood sacrifice. That is why, uh, and, and the first fruit, that is why Abel, Abel was able to have God's favor, and Cain wasn't. And then listen to this. Blood, when we think about it, we have our spirit. We are, we, are, we are a tripart being. We have a soul. We have the activity of our mind, our will, and our emotions. We have a body, muscle, bones, and blood. The closest thing to spiritual life, the Zoe life, the life that we have, in the spirit, in the physical realm, is blood. So when Cain killed Abel out of jealousy, Abel's blood cried out to God. When Satan, through mankind, killed Jesus, Jesus' blood cried out to God. And we'll talk about that probably in a later teaching. But it all ties back to tithes and offerings, okay, and how important it is. So, we realize now that God is a tither, and God sowed, God tithed his only begotten son to redeem all of mankind from sickness and disease, from lack of poverty, from the sin-cursed earth to be once again reconciled back to him. So, God practiced tithing through sowing Jesus. His only begotten son. And if you recall, when Jesus started his ministry, and after John the Baptist's cousin baptized him, and he came up out of there, and the sky opened up, and the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove came upon um, um, Jesus, and God the Father, the Trinity was there, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Word of God. They were all three there, and God the Father said, what? He said, this is my beloved son in whom I well please. And immediately the Holy Spirit sent them into the wilderness, sent them into the desert. Why? Because 
This is where we failed. The first Adam was sent into the wilderness. The children of Israel were sent into the wilderness. Close to three million said, no, we can't go in the promised land. And they, they spoke the words, and guess what? They got what they said. And two of them, Joshua and, and Caleb, said, we can take the land. And they got what they said. So it's a lot going on here. So Jesus went into the wilderness, and what was the first thing that the Adams failed? They failed the food test, which is a problem for many of us. <laughs> they failed the fruit test. They ate the fruit, the forbidden fruit. And what was the first test that Satan asked Jesus? The food test. He was hungry. He had been fasting without food or water for 40 days and night. He was weakened. He was very hungry. And he said, turn these rocks into bread. And, and Jesus said, no. So this is very important. This is the tithe and offering is very, very important. And it's going to be critical in these last days. It's going to be critical those people who are obedient in giving their tithe and offering. There is going to be a wealth transfer. And if you're a one-talent Christian, because money is the least, if you can't handle money, God talks about money, more than he talks about a lot of other things in the Bible, believe it or not. And if you can't handle that, you can't be, and God considers that least, you are not faithful in that. How can you be ruler over much? How can you speak cancer, tell cancer to bow his knee and leave your family, leave you? If you can't handle 10% off the top first, we're going to get into it in just a minute. But I want to do something fresh, something different. And we need to deal with this legalism that we have about time and offering, about people saying it's not important, we're in the new covenant of grace. Guess what? Jesus also was in agreement on time and offering. He just said, don't forsake the greater thing of being merciful, right, and just. But to continue doing the tithe and offering. Okay, so here we go. So now... Let's take a, let's go, let's move forward in history. Let's go to see what happens to people that tithe and give offerings. And let's see what happens to people that don't tithe and don't give offerings. Let's take a look at what? Abraham. Wow. Abraham was wealthy in silver and gold. Yes, there's a physical correlation in the physical realm. For people who are tithers. And now I want, I'm going to get a little bit into the attitude because a lot of people are tithing and they're not seeing the benefits of tithing because they're doing it grudgingly and out of necessity. Your motives, your motives are very important to God when you do your tithe and when you do your offerings. Now, I, so, so some people say, well, until I get my attitude right, I'm not going to tithe. I, I say, go ahead and tithe. It gets your offering and pray, and eventually the Holy Spirit will get your attitude right. But it is critical. God looks at the heart. God is very, 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 very interested in the heart, the motivation of why you do what you do. And he wants you to do everything for him out of love, out of love and deep respect and deep reverence, right? So... Abraham did well. Matter of fact, anybody that was associated with Abraham did well. Lot, Lot benefited because Abraham was a tithe. Abraham gave the first fruit. So let's get into what is the definition of tithing. Because then we get into trouble on that too. Some people pay all their bills and everything they're supposed to do, and then they give the tithe. Uh, 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 that is not the tithe. If it is not first, don't waste your time. Now you can, you know, don't waste your time because it's not the tithe. Tithe must be first. First. Now, when I was at, um, when I did my first teaching on this at Andre Crouch's church, somebody came up to me and said, well, should we, 
do net or gross. And I said, whatever your faith will permit you to do, I do gross because God is before Uncle Sam. So I tithe my gross income. But some people's faith level can't handle that. So I say do net, but when you get your income tax check, you got to tithe off of it. Now, when my income tax check comes, I don't have to tithe, but I still give 10% because I love God. It's not about how much. So let's, let's, go, let's go further at the time. Let's take a look at, ooh, Joshua. This is after Moses has died now. And guess what? They're taking Jericho. And guess what? God demanded the first city. It's a part of the tithe, guys. Jericho was the first city that they took. And he asked them to bring it all to him. But there was one little person like Eve, like female Adam, who took from, took from the spoils of Jericho, hid it in his tent, under his tent, and guess what? When they went to do another little city, they got their rumps whipped. Matter of fact, I think it was 36,000 men died because of this one foolish person. So people, other people, like people benefit from people that, if they're surrounded by people that tithe, you benefit. You also don't benefit when you're surrounding, when you're around people that don't tithe. The curse will impact you, and the curse might even take your life. So these these soldiers, these soldiers, 36,000 whatever, they did not go back home to their wives and kids because of this one person who did not honor the tithe. And what happened? When he, he, they found out, and in the end, he died, his wife died, his children died, the dog, the cat died, his livestock, everything that was associated with him was wiped out. But God is God is a God of love. God is a God of great. God is love. And God is a holy God. And God must be what? First. Let's go back. Let's go further into time. Let's go further into time. And let's take a look and let's see. Let's see who we need to take a look at. Jesus. Jesus walked in the first fruit principles, right? Jesus first got up, rose early in the morning, and his first devotion was to God. And he was a tither. And he gave offerings. I'll talk about offerings towards the end. But I want to zero in on tithing. Tithing. And why is it so critical that you do tithing now? Okay? So, as you can see, if you go through the Word of God, you will clearly see that God has not changed His mind about tithing. He has not changed His mind about being first. And He wants it done with the right motives. And guess what? When you tithe, when you give your temp minimum 10%, 10%, off the top, first, to the storehouse. Who should get the tithe? Who is feeding you? Who is your pastor? Where are you going to church? That is where your tithes go. The storehouse where you are being taught. Now, you may have other people that are also teaching you and feeding you. You can give them offerings, and we'll talk about that later. Right? But let me, Holy Spirit wants me to mention this. So let's go to, let's go a little bit into present day history. Rockefeller, one of the richest men in the world, was a tither. By, he, was, he used to give 10%. And he said that if he hadn't given 10% on his first, his 10 cent on his first dollar, he would have never been able to tie up for his first million. And at the, and close to, at the end of Rockefeller's life, he was given almost 100% of everything he had. He gave it to the kingdom. So he was a huge type. Craft cheese. He was a tither. And towards the end of his life, he was giving um, almost 
over 30% of his income. Let's talk about filet. Oh, yes, let's talk about Chick-fil-A. They are, he was a serious tither. And when McDonald's and Burger King and all the other people are not making money, people got looped around, car looped, looped two or three times trying to get to Chick-fil-A. And they're more expensive than McDonald's. And they make more. Honey, they are tithers. If you take a look at some of the richest, most powerful men and women, they are tithers. Now, there are non-believers that also practice this principle. And they also get the benefit. It's a spiritual principle of giving 10%. That's why you see Steve Jobs giving away all his money. That's not um, uh, Bill Gates. Um, this is why you see certain open women. All of these people, they give uh, over 10% away. So people practice this, and they're spiritual benefits, but the difference is if you don't accept Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're not going to heaven. But you still can tap into the spiritual principle. You see it in the Asian population. You see it in a lot of um, uh, populations where they practice the principle of time, right? So, so, tithing is critical. But there was one particular man that really fascinated me, and actually he lived in Texas. And it was during the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. And this man one day said, Lord, why do I get 90% and you get 10%? I want to live off the 10%. And I want to give you the 90%. And that man, basically, God gave him uh, witty inventions. He built a lot of schools. Matter of fact, the bushes tied into him. A lot of people like that tie into men and women of God. So the, he built the field, the engineer that built the first offshore oil well. And so this man gave 90%. And guess what? On his 10%. He was a multi multimillionaire back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Rick Warner, everybody knows Rick Warner, the, the purpose-driven life. Rick Warner ties 91%. Did y'all know that? That's why God gave him the book, The, the Purpose-Driven Life. A bestseller all over the world. And all of that went back to the kingdom of God. I told God, one day I want to be like that. Okay, so, but you're only asked to do 10%. Right now, do your 10% off the top. It must be first. So, what, so why is that so significant, Dr. Davis? Why is 10% off the top so important? Because Satan has no anointing. So, Satan anointing is money. If you look at the people that are sold out to Satan, drug dealers, um, a lot of evil people have a lot of money, but their money comes with what? Much sorrow. Their money, in the case of drug dealers, comes with what? Death. So the anointing in this world for Satan is the spirit of mammon. The spirit of mammon is on everything you touch if you do not tithe. And tithing is bigger than money. Tithing will protect your job. I have my little mentee. I pour my life. I always find one individual. God will give me an individual. I'll pour my life into that individual. I taught her about tithes and offering. She taught her husband about tithes and offering. He worked at Hewlett Packard. They went in. They took him out of the department. They went back to the department and laid off everybody in the department. Then they brought him back in. He was a tither. I almost guarantee you the only tither in that group. It protects, your, it protects your kids. Tithing is bigger than money. And tithing breaks the back of mammon off of your money. When you deposit your money in your account and you have not tithed. And guess what? Let me get this straight. Tithing, you're not giving God tithe. You bring the tithe. You give offering. You bring the tithe. Tithing is tithing, whether you do it or not. You only got two choices with the tithe. You either what? Bring it and be blessed, hopefully with the right attitude, cheerfully, 
cheerfully, joyfully, right? Or are you stealing? But tithe, the first 10%, God was so serious about it that the Hebrews, the Israelites, had the, anything that, that broke the womb, the first thing that broke the womb of the animal or man was God. Every male, every woman, every girl child, every male child, um, every cow, every, every um, sheep, whatever. And guess what? There were some animals that were considered unclean, such as the donkey, right? The donkey. So when that firstborn, they had to actually sacrifice a lamb for the, so that the donkey could live. If they did not have a lamb to sacrifice, they had to break the neck of the donkey. They had to kill the donkey. And the significance of this is what? Jesus, when he went into Jerusalem, just before he got crucified, he got a donkey that had never been written before. It was new. It was a unclean animal. Donkey was considered unclean, but it was the first. And his neck should have been broken, so somebody must have sacrificed the lamb. And isn't it interesting, the lamb of God, who took away the sins of the world, rode his back through the east gate in Jerusalem. Think about this. Okay. So, I know I'm, I'm covering a lot of things. I know this is pretty heavy, but I got to lay this foundation Tithing is bigger than what people understand. We are made in his image. We are like God, and God is a tither. And he wants to be first. Matter of fact, he has to be first. He must be first. Right? So, what happens? When you tithe, you break the back of man and the spirit of man, and the 90% is blessed. That's why when you tithe, your money, you're protected. Even if you're attacked, God makes a way out of nowhere. Money comes out of nowhere because you have honored him with your substance. But if you don't tie, it's going to, you're going to have issues. I've had issues. I wasn't a tie always. But I finally got the revelation. I finally got it. Now, shoot. Honey, you can't pay me not to tithe because I don't know what's around the corner. And tithing is bigger than money. Bigger than money. And if you're not a tither, you're a one-talent Christian. I'm sorry. I don't want you to be offended, but I have to tell the truth. If you are not a tither, you are one-talent Christian. And do not expect the wealth transfer to come anywhere near you. You have to study and show yourself approved. You've got to be at least a two-talent trying to tie, trying to walk in obedience. But eventually, if you keep doing it, you'll become a five-talent. And that's what God, God is not going to give his authority and power to people who cannot tithe. This is not legalism. And why is this so important? Because something big, God, is coming. It is coming. It is coming. And you have to be in a position where you can walk in the supernatural when it comes to your money. And let me talk about some supernatural things. I know many of y'all may know Marilyn Hickey, but there are other ministers like her who did not have enough offerings, and they prayed over the offering, and the offering multiplied. Money multiplied, guys. I needed money. I worshiped God. I laid down on the floor, and the next day I got $5,000. I worshiped. Next day I got $38,000. I don't care what happens to me. God got my back because I am a tither. I have my baby. When my child was little infants, I had them take their little quarters. I said, now take this quarter because you're tithing now. And I have them put it in the basket. Why? Because there's a blessing. There's a blessing. There's a blessing to the tithe. But it's bigger than money. Bigger than money. Bigger than money, guys. 
It breaks the spirit of mammon. And the spirit of mammon is all over this world. Something big is coming, guys. There's a major wealth transfer. And if you're not a tither, don't, don't even look for it. You have not showed yourself approved. You have not been obedient. God said, if you love me, you will obey my commandment. It is a command to tithe. And as I showed you from going back to the Genesis, it goes before. It's, a, it's in the beginning. Of the, God is a tither, and he made us in his image. Now, some people say, well, I tithe my time, and I tithe this, and I tithe. Yes, you can do that. I don't have no problem with it. But you've got to give that money. And it's got to go to the storehouse. It's got to go to the storehouse. You must tithe. Okay. So, now, let's talk a little bit more about tithe and offering. If, if you will check closely with men and women of God who are mightily used by God, Shoot, a lot of people think that Mother Teresa, even though she took a vow of poverty, did you know that Mother Teresa was wealthy? <laughs> the Pope gave her a Rolls Royce, which she gave away. But Mother Teresa never wanted for nothing. And Mother Teresa was all about Christ Jesus. If you take a close look at Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey is a huge giver. You need to reconcile. You need to repent if you have not been a tither. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to help you become a tither. Start this day, this second. I want to be at least a two-talent Christian because something big is coming. I know of a couple in Waco, Texas, husband and wife pastors. They were desperate. They were praying. They were tithers. Guess what happened? The sky opened up and the money literally came out the sky, hit the street, and they picked it up and it was the exact amount of money they were praying for. Jesus took two fish and five loaves of bread and multiplied it. He actually converted matter. What is money to that? Guys... I, I think I'm going to close on this now because, of course, there's a lot more I can say. But I think you got the point, my point, and the point is this. Oh, let me, let me do this before I close. Let's talk quickly about the offering. Yes, you need to give offerings on top of your tithe. And the offering, there are three, there's, there are three major offerings. That if you take a close look at the Jewish population, the Jewish population followed these precepts. And guess what? They're the smallest population, group of population, ethnic population, but they're the richest population uh, in the world. And a lot of the Nobel Prize laureates, the scientists, all of these people are Jewish people. The Savior was Jewish. It is very important that you understand. They walk in this principle of the tithing. And offerings. And so the first offering is basically um, the barley harvest offering. And that offering is around Passover. So that, when you do that first fruit offering, that taps into riches, land, and promotion, and favor, and things like jobs, and things like that. The second first fruit offering is at Pentecost. And it's called the wheat offering. This deals with land. This deals with land. This deals with um, gold and silver and CDs and bonds. The third, this is where um, 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 Warren Buffett and all these people are sitting in this pot, is the great offering. And this offering, first food offering, is when you will have money in times of famine. So these people have money in times of famine. So when everybody else don't have money, they got money. And that's what do they do. They get richer because they can buy up everything. Warren Buffett wanted the, the most powerful, strongest, wealthiest bank was Sachs, right? Goldman Sachs. It was Jewish. 
and nobody that was no Gentile sat on that board. Warren Buffett was able to get on that board when they had the big downturn. I think it was in 2008. Okay? So, this is offering. There are other offers. There's offers as the arms. Most people, the world is very big on this one. When there's a disaster, when there, um, there's people that are poor, God gives one-to-one. Whatever you give to the poor, it's a loan to God, and God will never be owe anybody, so he'll go one-to-one. What you give to the poor. Then there's um, the... Um, first fruit offerings, okay, there are benefits from that. But then there's the seed offering, and a lot of people do seed offerings, but they don't tithe. But guess what? If you don't tithe, and you're giving a seed offering, then the virus is going to take your stuff, right? So, you have to be a tither, then the offering. So, the seed offerings is where you get the 30-fold, the 60-fold, the 100-fold, and in some cases, like Isaac, the thousandfold. So there's a lot of things going on with offering also. And this is where you can really minister and bless a lot of people. And God loves a cheerful giver. And He gives. If you are a giver, you are never going to want for nothing. And if you definitely are tithing, you're not going to want for nothing. But you've got to do it with a cheerful heart. You cannot do it grudgingly and out of necessity, or you have null and voided the benefits of the tithing. Steady God, you hey Bahe, I just want to say thank you so much for this opportunity. Our Lord, may this word, may this seed enter into the hearts of the women and the men who are listening to this word today, and may it bear much fruit in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence.